Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Healy's away. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth... T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And LJ, we made it. Here we are. We're at the, we're at the pointy end of the World Cup. So we're here in Christchurch on the eve of the, the World Cup final. So we've got Australia and England in the final tomorrow, which is very exciting. And Ash's rivalry, we've seen a lot of them this summer. So Australia pretty convincingly beat West Indies in their semi-final in Wellington before England joined them a day later after beating South Africa. So we've been at training the last couple of days and I guess the question that's been on everyone's lips is, is Elise Perry going to be fit to play? And Meg Lanning gave a pretty pretty positive update today at training. Yeah, she did. Today after their training session, Meg confirmed that there will be 15 players available to pick four for the World Cup tomorrow, which is awesome. It means that they're really hopeful that pairs will be available to play. The one thing Meg did say, though, was that if she does play, it will just be as a batter. She hasn't bowled since the injury. The test she got put through at training was like a pretty full-on fielding drill with alongside everyone else. Um, she faced some throwdowns in the nets but wasn't bowling. So there is a bit to weigh out there for Australia around what their bowling attack looks like and how that that fits in but Meg also said they wouldn't pick Pez just for sentimental reasons they're not picking her unless she think they think she can be a match winner in the team so it's looking looking hopeful for Pez and that means it's going to be a really huge call for the selectors to make on who misses out big time big time so it's looking like does Annabelle Sutherland who came in for Pez last few matches does she head out or Darcy Brown we know that she didn't didn't have the best of games against England earlier in the tournament and she's she has been hit a, around a little bit in her last few matches, so do we have to see someone like Darcy, who's been excellent for a lot of the tournament, but maybe hasn't hit the spots for other parts of the tournament? Do we see someone like her miss out? So it is. It's going to be a really interesting eleven that we see when that team sheet comes through, and we see the, those quicks marking their run-ups. It's Heather Knight. Heather Knight seemed pretty confident in her press conference this morning, as we've heard Heather say lots of times this summer she she's confident that they can take it up to the Australians and I guess she has to have that attitude like England they've they've spent the whole summer losing to Australia but now they've got an opportunity to try and beat them in the biggest match of all and they've got they're, they're going to come out with complete freedom so so what else did Heather have to say LJ anything she's seeming up and about for ahead of this final 
Yeah, well, one article did get brought up um, that had the headline, Heather Knight says it is written that <laughs> England will win the World Cup final, which having now found the article seems like a little bit of a stitch up. It <laughs> seems um, Charlie Dean might have suggested that Heather said that, but Heather said what she meant was that <laughs> if they did win, it would just be the final chapter and what's been a pretty remarkable story for them at this World Cup to come from losing three games to making a final. Um, she also just talked about the improvements they've made, the confidence they've found as they've worked their way into this World Cup, particularly Sophie Eccleston, who's taken 20 wickets. And when you've started the tournament with none for 77 against Australia, that's a, a pretty incredible turnaround. And she reckons that performance against Australia was what was the turning point for Sophie. So she's definitely going to be a much different prospect for the Aussies to deal with tomorrow. Done for 77. Wow, what a turnaround that has been for Sophie Eccleston. Yeah, it's all set for a cracking contest. I can't wait to see it all play out. The weather in remarkable, a remarkable turnaround. It's looking beautiful in Christchurch. So, and the forecast is amazing as well. So I think we're going to have a sunny day at Hagley Oval tomorrow. And next up, we've got Kristen Beams back on deck. So Beamsy takes us through all the ins and outs of, of the match, what matchups in particular she's looking forward to and what, what each team needs to do to be lifting that trophy at the end of the day. Aussie fans, remember you can tune into tomorrow's final at 11am live on Foxtel and KO Freebies. Kristen Beams, former Australia Legs Gunner, thank you very much for joining us at short notice for a quick emergency preview of the World Cup final. So the Aussies, we've got an opponent, so England on Thursday night, they ended up beating South Africa by 137 runs. So that was off the back of a, a big 100 by Danny Wyatt and Sophie Eccleston took six wickets. So I think looking back, you said experience would be really important for England in that match. And did they did they prove you right, do you think? Yeah, I think so. You look at Eccleston, I think she's led the entire tournament. And people will say, look, she's a young player, but she's an extremely senior player within that lineup. And to take 20 wickets in a, in a World Cup tournament at an economy of, I think it's about 3.4, is amazing um, output from a bowler. And I think she's been consistent the whole way through and that experience did count for for a lot. And I think she's world-class. She's number one ranked in the world. I think she really led that. Um, Along with Danny Wyatt, I've been banging on for a little bit that I like to see her at the, the top of the order. And I think the way that she played really set that up. And again, very experienced and, and knows how, um, to go about it in the big games. And it just felt like they won all of the big moments, England, in that semifinal. And the the other result was pretty, um, also pretty one-sided and also probably quite expected, but it was a, a pretty drizzly, gloomy morning in the Basin Reserve in Wellington and Midge and Rach went out in really tough conditions to start that batting innings. What did you make of their performance um, or that complete batting performance from Australia? Yeah, it really was clinical. And, and when we talked about that semifinal, I, I sort of said, I, I really feel like Australia have everything to counter the West Indies and it it kind of felt like that was the case. I think anything that looked like it was sort of going in the direction of West Indies that Australia had an answer and I think when you look at that opening partnership for Australia they actually have the top two partnerships. Um, they have number one and number two and so it just shows how hard it is to, to get through that opening partnership for Australia but they're doing it in big games so to have that in a semi-final is massive. I think the way those two batters complement each other is so, so cool. I think you've got Healy who's just taking on the game all the time and Haynes who just has that ability to play whatever the, the role is needed. But I think the way they applied themselves on that wicket and then cashed in, that is an amazing blueprint and it's the way that I think they'll look to play in the final as well. So looking ahead to Sunday, we've got 
England versus Australia, the old rivals. So the Aussies, like they've been pretty dominant all the way through, haven't dropped a game, but England, it hasn't been particularly smooth, smooth for them. Like they were almost on their way out. Like, do you think we've got the best two teams in, in the finals? And, and if not, what's it taken for England to really force themselves into this final, despite maybe not playing their best cricket? I think we have the two best teams in the final because of the way that England have played throughout the tournament. They have essentially been playing finals right from the word go. When you drop games in a World Cup, you know that you put yourself under pressure. So while South Africa played really good cricket at the front end of the tournament and to a degree, the West Indies did as well. But for a team to get better and play under such pressure and get themselves through to a final, that means for me that that England are very deserving of, of being um, having the ability to really defend their title. Um, so I think we've got the the best two teams playing in this final. And I think now we, we look back to that nearly that first game that England-Australia played. And, and that was an unbelievably good game of cricket. So I think anything is possible now in this final. And like you said, we've seen a lot of Australia versus England, not only at the start of the tournament, but throughout this summer with the Ashes immediately before the World Cup. Um, what matchups are you looking forward to seeing when these two teams go head to head once again, Hagley Oval on Sunday? I think the the opening batting combos for both teams are actually going to be really, really critical. Um, I think now the the Beaumont Wyatt matchup um, at the top of the order for England. So looking at who Australia use in that matchup, I think I think will be really key. I think Darcy Brown will will play a role there. But which bowlers do they use? Will they look at some spin options early on? against Wyatt uh, and Beaumont, who knows? Um, But I think that'll be really critical for England. And then on the flip side, how do you take those wickets early against Australia? I think England will go to the combination that they've used the most in in Brunt and Shrubsole. And England have traditionally used sort of five bowlers. Um, They haven't used in five and six bowlers. So they've used less bowlers than Australia. So how they look at their matchups will be really important. I think Kate Cross has had a really good tournament and we've already spoken about Eccleston. So how they flip their their bowling lineups to make sure they can take early wickets is probably going to be the key matchups on on either side. And I always think in a final we might see something a little bit different. So I think we won't necessarily see exactly what we expect. I think there might be a, a bowler throwing the ball, whether it's a Charlie Dean getting the ball early up against the left-handed Haynes, maybe. Um, and then on the flip side for, for Australia, will we see leg spin coming to the attack earlier? Who, who knows? But I think we'll, we'll see something a bit different. Oh, it's an exciting prospect. And we know, Beamsy, we've spoken a lot about the fact that England, they didn't win a single match against Australia in the Ashes series. And as you said, they, that England went down to Australia in that first match of the World Cup. How do you think that affects England's mindset coming into this final? Do you think it sort of gives them a few demons or will they just be completely free and like, feel like they've got nothing to lose I think it'll be the latter I think that they've done really well at, at the narrative of we're we're not the favorites um which I think you know well played to to get that narrative for yourself given that you actually won the last world cup um <laughs> but I think that they've managed to get that narrative that that they're going in the underdogs and I think they'll try and play that and therefore play with a, a little bit more freedom um I think for Australia they'll they'll look at it at the flip and say you know, we actually have played really good cricket and and we probably deserve to be here in this final and we probably deserve to win it as well. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be sort of okay with with having that favourites tag as well. But I, I think that England will probably try and play with a bit more freedom rather than feeling the pressure. Like you said, England and have uh, done a pretty good job of coming in as underdogs when they've got a team that includes Heather Knight, Catherine Brunt, Natalie Siver, Sophie Eccleston, so on and so forth. Um, but how much pressure will be on those senior players to deliver? I think we saw in the semi-final um, 
Siva and Knight didn't have a huge impact. Um, so how important will it be for like Heather to step up on Sunday? Yeah, I think when you look at the Ashes and how dominant Heather Knight was, that was actually really critical to um, England having the success that they did. I think particularly when you look at the test match and you sort of think, well, she actually holds really the key. But, you know, Nat Siva coming off 100 in against Australia as well, I think would be really important. So I think they have to make the majority of, of their runs to really sort of set them up. And um, having a player like Danny White at the top of the list, I, I think it's it's same as Healy. You want her to go out and take the game on. If it comes off, it's, it puts England in a really good position from a batting point of view, knowing that they've got Knight and Siva to come. Um, but if not, you, it, then the pressure falls on those two players to, to play a key role. But look, I, I think they're senior players. They'll want to take it on in the big games. We, I heard Nat Sivert talk about during the, the Ashes series that, that she, want to make, she wants to make a big hundred against Australia because those, those, those innings really do count. So um, I, I think watch out for a player like Nat Sivert in that final. And you touched on her before, Beamsy, but Sophie Eccleston, like she's just been unbelievable this whole tournament. From your perspective as a spinner, what makes her so hard to play and how do you think the Aussies can combat her? And what did you, what did you think? How did you think the Aussies played her in the ashes? Yeah, I think just because she comes from that really tall um, position, she's got a, a really high release. She's a tall girl. So it means she's hitting higher on the bat. And so when she's challenging the stumps, you always have that beautiful angle with the left arm orthodox. And we see Jess Jonathan do that really well. And Sophie Molyneux for Australia as well, but it's the additional height that makes it a bit more challenging um, for, for Sophie Eccleston. I think Australia played pretty well against Eccleston in the, the Ashes. And, and what they did well was when she, she gave up the stumps and bowled outside of the off stump, they, they really did punish her and they punished her on anything that was short of a length as well. So um, I think that's something that, that they'll look, like, look at. And I think for Eccleston, she'll, she'll probably go back and watch a little bit of that vision and see what she needs to be able to bowl in, in this tournament. Um, I think there's a, a nice little combination there with Charlie Dean as well. I think she's a bit of a different kind of spinner. And I think having the diversity in your spinners is really important. We've seen Australia do that really well with the left arm of, of Jess Jonathan. You've got Ash Garner as well with lots of revolutions on the ball and the leggy as well. So I think the more diverse options you have from a spin point of view, the easier it is going to be. Now with a lot of teams, I think if you went into a final as really heavy favorites, there might be a fear that there could be some cracks under pressure, but you just don't feel like that's ever going to be the case with this Australian team. They seem so confident and so comfortable in their game. Do you get the sense that that's this sense of calm within them that maybe stems from having Meg and Moddy at the top? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you look at that team and they're in such a, a wonderful place and they're just going about their business. They're, they're not, I'm sure they're not reading too much into it. They're, they're not getting caught up in, in too much stuff. They're actually just really disciplined and they're playing their roles exceptionally well. And that says to me that, that they've got a really good leadership at the top. I think when players have clarity on what their roles are and what the way that they want to play um, to support the team having success, I think you, you know you're in a really good place. But, um, yeah, I'm sure that they probably have a bit of a laugh at all of the, the conversations that, that happen about <laughs> you know, being under pressure and favourites and all that sort of stuff. But look, I, they just seem like a team to me that's just been really clinical throughout this tournament. And I think we'll continue to see that going into this final. hope so. And looking at selection beams, it's probably, it's going to be a really interesting one. So if, if Elise Perry is fit to play, perhaps as a batter only, do you expect them to pick her and maybe go in with one less bowler? Or do you think Australia will want that that seventh option? I think they can is the, the short answer. I, I think they've got enough um, bowling options to be able to do that. Um, I think it'll be probably more around um, if Elise Perry can do everything she needs to from a fielding point of view as well. So I think it'll 
not just be from a, you know, what can she do with the ball, but, you know, does she have the capacity to move around? I don't think that they'll want to go in taking risks on um, a player that that might be battling fitness wise. So um, I, th- I think that'll be the, the interesting part. I think they can go in if they want to, but you look at the uh, 11 and it's still very, very good um, if she's unavailable. So I think they'll want her to be in, but I, I think it'll just be a question of what fitness level does she need to be at to be able to make the, the best contribution in a World Cup final. And if she can't play that final, do you see Australia going in with that same 11 from the semi-final, or do you think they might find a way to get the extra leggy in there somehow? Uh, I think it'll be a big conversation. I think they'll they'll stay disciplined to the way that they've selected the whole way through. So I think if the conditions suggest that it would be beneficial to have another leg spinner in the attack, I think they'll do it. Um, but I think we're more likely to see a pretty good wicket. I think they'll they'll want to keep the same eleven um, if that's the case. But again, when we're talking about Australia being really clinical, they've they've stayed really true to what they're doing. They haven't been swayed by you know Amanda Wellington coming in and, and having a pretty good game. They've mm. they've stuck true to to what they're doing. So again, it just feels like they've got good clarity on what they're trying to achieve. So if Australia can go on to defeat England on Sunday and lift their World Cup trophy. Do you think it'll be like one of the most dominant displays of cricket you've ever seen in a World Cup, like knowing how much the standard of the women's game has lifted across the last few years? Yeah, I think we've seen some unbelievable cricket in this tournament. So I think if if they can win this one, they'll suggest that, you know, they'll be thinking, you know what, we've we've done a really, really good job to counter just about everything. And I think the other thing is the even contribution across the board. Um, you know, we talk about Australia's dominance with the bat and then you look at someone like Ash Gardner, who's, kind of come in she's got a strike rate of I think about 130 odd um you know in 50 over cricket you know batting in the middle for middle order for Australia as well so I think the fact that they've had all different contributors they haven't had the same 11 in every game I think when you you add all of that up together if they win this title they think wow that was a pretty complete performance um and you, you think about the team the players that aren't playing and even their traveling reserves they're probably playing in most countries um, starting 11, I would have thought. So it just shows the the depth that Australia do have. So finally, we might just get you to predict your winner for Sunday, your player of the match and a player of the tournament. Well, I'm obviously going to say Australia. I think they'll they'll win um, this tournament. I think player of the match will be Meg Lanning. I think that she'll put in another dominant um, display with the bat and I think tactically what she does will be really important. Uh, player of the tournament, well, that's a tough one. Uh, I think it'll it'll be a, a bit of a toss-up. I think there's some players that are in and around. I think Laura Woolvart's had an incredible tournament for South Africa. Sophie Eccleston's been very good as well. Um, but I would love, love, love to see Rachel Haynes as the uh, player of this tournament. Yeah, that's a great shot, Beansy. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on The Scoop. Uh, we're all set here in New Zealand for what's set to be a cracking final and we can't wait till it gets underway. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux.